0: It's time for your local weekly analysis. Slow County Public Policy and the Law with your host, Stu Jenkins.
1: The union forever. Hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor!
2: Good morning, welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on K News 98.5. I'm Stu Jenkins. I've practiced law in San Luis Obispo County since 1978 and served as Superior Court Special Master and as an elected Harbor Commissioner at Port San Luis. I handle government or election cases and provide estate planning. At the control board is Joe Cordoza, who's uh, doing a marvelous job today saturdays i give you a window into the crossover between state local public policy and the law by bringing you the officials lawyers and activists working on your behalf this hour we have a real treat for you you know everybody wanted to grow up and be a fireman when they were little and uh, we have folks here who succeeded in fulfilling that dream uh, it's also kind of an experiment for us at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We've never had three guests together at one time in the studio. But what a wonderful collection of public servants we have protecting our lives, limbs, ranches, and homes. In studio, we have Cal FIRE's Slow County pre-fire captain, Jason Potts, and Slow County's Cal FIRE Fire Prevention Specialist, Two. And information officer tony davis i love those titles and uh, appearing by phone from all the way from sacramento we have deputy chief pre-fire planning scott Witt. welcome everybody thank you Stu. Yeah, thank, thank you. you deputy chief scott i uh i just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself how long have you been with cal fire
0: so i've got almost uh, 30 years with uh uh, California Department of Forestry, also known as CAL FIRE. I currently work in the State Fire Marshal's Office, which is a large uh, a division within uh, CAL FIRE, and I've been there for about eight years.
2: And uh, Captain Potts, how long, how long have you been with the fire service? Yeah,
1: I've been with CAL FIRE in San Luis Obispo unit uh, for 27 years, and I've worked my way from firefighter to the ranks of captain, uh, running crews, inmate pancreas, driving fire trucks, and now uh, doing administrative pre fire activities.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what all of us kids dreamed about one time was, you know, having a fire truck. Um, and uh, well, your, your title's so long,
3: you can, uh, <laughs> public, information, public officer information, works
2: officer Davis. Yes. How long have you been working with Cal fire here in the county?
3: I haven't added up the years in a while. I started in 2007 and um, right. as a firefighter one, and I did that for about nine seasons. Um, and in 2015, I became a fire prevention specialist, and I've been doing that ever since.
2: And I think what, what's uh, interesting for our listeners is all three of you are involved in preventing fires uh, so that people don't have to fight them.
3: Absolutely. So.
2: Uh, one one of the things that caught my eye was I noticed that uh, Cal Fire was doing new high-risk wildfire area maps, uh, and that's actually why I contacted uh, you, Scott. Um, can can you tell us what is going on with uh, that mapping and how is that uh, working to protect us?
0: I can. So. Um The maps that we're producing are fire hazard severity zone maps. Um, They concentrate on uh, uh, the natural hazards that lead to a damaging wildfire. Uh, These maps are not risk maps. Risk maps generally deal with things uh, that that change frequently and risk mitigations uh, that would resolve those. We're doing uh, our mapping in uh, two, two primary areas in the state, we're doing those in what we call state responsibility area. Those are areas that CAL FIRE has responsibility for fire protection, suppression, investigation. And in a, in a couple months, maybe a year, we'll be mapping in local responsibility area. And those areas are generally incorporated cities uh, or, or flat areas that, that aren't considered uh, state wildlands.
2: This is K News uh, 98.5, folks. Uh, we're we're talking about wildfires and, of course, high-risk areas and how to prevent them. I uh, want to encourage everybody to go to Cal Fire's website. There's actually some wonderful resources there, um, and I actually downloaded the uh, 2021 map from the site, and. Uh, My goodness, uh, big stretches of San Luis Obispo County are in the bright red that shows high-risk areas. Um, Are are these maps being changed, Scott?
0: They are. So I do want to stress that these are uh, hazard maps. Hazard maps. We were first tasked with the legislature of mapping those based off fires that we had in the the mid to late 80s. Um, In uh, the early 90s, uh, with the fire in uh, Oakland Hills, uh, the legislature uh, um, tasked us with also mapping uh, high ha- very high hazard areas within local responsibility area. Uh, in the early 2000s, we initiated a, a statewide remap, and that effort concluded uh, for state responsibility, or SRA, in the uh, late 2000s, and that remap in local responsibility area, or LRA, concluded in uh, the early 2010s. Those maps have been static for the last 15 years, and we're in the process right now of remapping uh, the SRA zones and then in the near future LRA, fire hazard severity zones.
2: Now, when you're talking about uh, LRA... um what, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean that the, uh, if we're looking at a local uh, jurisdiction, does that mean the city of San Luis Obispo has responsibility for a particular area compared to the state
0: having other areas? You're right, You're right Stu. So uh, the legislature has defined Cal Fire in our responsibility area uh, to, to effectively be watershed. When you think of our fire department, Cal Fire... We're every bit of a watershed department as we are a fire department. Um, we're tasked with protecting uh, the hillsides, uh, the rivers, the reservoirs from the damaging effects of wildfire. So those are the, the, the primary responsibility that we have in uh, our state wildlands. Um, and when you look at the difference between that and local responsibility area, uh by statute, if it's an incorporated city or if it's non-watershed, which generally means that it's flatter, um, maybe it's urbanized, maybe it's agriculture, those areas, uh, the responsibility for wildland fire protection falls on local jurisdictions. Uh, and it would be the city, uh, fire district, county fire departments. And within SRA, we have areas that can be dually protected. So if you have a fire district or a county fire department that protects um, structures within SRA, uh, CAL FIRE is still tasked with the primary responsibility for wildland fire protection. So really
2: this all stems, uh, as far as CAL FIRE's uh, remit goes, to the fact that it is the California Fore- Department of Forestry. So That's
0: right. And- one, uh, one thing that um, has become evident over the years is you can protect the watershed um, by also protecting the ignition sources that might cause a wildland fire. So CAL FIRE responds to vehicle fires, CAL FIRE responds to structure fires, and, of course, CAL FIRE responds to uh, wildland fires. And, if, and Scott, um,
2: let, me, uh, let me ask a couple of questions. Questions of Jason and Tony here, um, you're here locally in in the county. Uh, do you handle the whole county or just parts of it?
3: It would be the county entirety. I entirety. mean it's a, it's a large county, so if there's a wildland fire in Wasno we're going. If there's um, a, a TC down the road from Los Osos, we're going to that too.
2: Now, what's a TC?
3: I'm sorry, a traffic collision. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Um, one, one of the things that uh, struck me is we've had some local mapping efforts here uh, uh, to see what is what the high-risk areas are here now. Um, can you tell us about that, Jason?
1: Yeah, so pre-fire, by its name, is pre-fire activities, pre-fire prevention. We're looking at uh, what kind of fuels we have, how it impacts the structures, the communities, and we try to develop plans based on the fuel modeling, the risk factors of you know, the hazard from the hazard mapping and identify areas. Uh, we help through our local fire safe council and cooperators um, develop plans for communities with you know urbanized communities that uh, that have plans for fuel reduction. So uh, the big push for us now is to try to limit the risk of ember cast and reduce the fuels around communities so that they can survive a wildfire threat. I, I went to the uh,
2: CAL FIRE website and uh, I, I found this great booklet anybody can download, um, which of course I did, Wildfire Home Retrofit Guide. Yes. It's all in color too. Um, and I was actually amazed when you talked about ember, embers. Uh, that w- that's actually a big risk for spreading the fire. How, how does that?
1: Uh, how do you deal with that? So, for as ember cast is um, the more foliage on a on plants, and the taller they are, the further the embers will fly. So it's a flying firebrand, we call it, where it's something that's burning that's light enough to be put aloft in the air, and it goes out in front of the fire. So this these embers can just travel for
2: even miles and land on somebody's roof and start a fire there is correct. that right correct that that's uh but if you have the right materials uh on your roof or under your roof you may be able to prevent that that's correct. what it sounds like um tony you you brought a nice pamphlet there what is this something that people ought to be looking at
3: yes it's a wildfire action plan and it's something that it's available on readyforwildfire.org. Um In this booklet, it goes over your hundred foot defensible space and how to do that from the three different zones from zero to five to five to thirty to the thirty to one hundred foot of defensible space around your own home um,
2: uh, what, what can you give uh, our listeners a summary of you know what they should be doing?
3: So, um, not only that, but there's home hardening, too. We pair those together. Mm -hmm. But the 100 foot of defensible space is removing anything dead and dying from around your structure for 100 feet. And that helps us because that dead and dying um, vegetation is the light, flashy fuels that catch those embers that cause a lot of the structures to be... um, Those During a while... Those will spread hardened. to the
2: house and yes, and, and they uh,
3: can go into your vents. And that's where home hmm. hardening comes in and making sure that you have screens on your vents and the proper roofing material on your home so that you don't have that wood shake roof. You may have an asphalt or a concrete form or even a metal roof.
2: Scott, are these the kinds of things that you would recommend uh, people look at and build into their plans if they're building a new house, particularly out in the wooded areas?
0: absolutely and that's actually one of the primary drivers for creating these fire hazard severity zones we build those to look at uh, what kind of uh, catastrophic fire event might impact an area so hazard looks at a very long term 30 to 50 year uh, impact on the land generally we're looking at things that, that don't change much so if it's steep barring any catastrophic earthquake or landslide, it's always going to be steep. If there are wildland fuels within an area, they may be cleared, but they'll grow back. Uh, The weather conditions are going to be pretty consistent uh, over a long term. And by building houses that meet a minimum uh, fire safety standard, uh, we're trying to design those to resist uh, burning in a wildfire. When we talk about fire embers, we're looking at having construction materials like siding and decking material, um, windows uh, that, that resist uh, breakage, typically uh, one pane of tempered glass. We're looking at the eaves, the underside of roofs. We're looking at the vents have a very fine screen that will keep those embers from impacting. And over the next couple decades as homes in state wildlands are built to these higher standards. We expect a lot of these structures to, to effectively save themselves in conjunction with this defensible space and clearance that's going to occur around those structures.
2: Well, especially here in California, we have, you know uh, this is very timely because we've just been through our rainy season, and we thought it would never end, uh, but now all of all of this uh, growth has come up and it's starting to dry out. Um, so we're going to have more fuel this coming year, I think. Uh, uh, and but what impressed me about what you're doing is, uh, I was just surprised to see that you were looking 30 to 50 years out in this planning process. Uh, how,
0: how do you uh, how do you factor that in to what you're doing? So as I as I talk about the difference. Um, with with what our hazard maps do, with our very long-term look, I'll also bend it back towards uh, risk and risk mapping, and and more importantly, risk mitigation. So with these hazard maps, what we're looking at again is that long-term look. We the idea is that if you put a, a structure or a subdivision within state wildlands at that initial construction point. Um, You know, the fuels around that house are going to be cleared. The fuels as new roads are put in are going to be cleared. But over the lifetime of that development, um, parts that can return back to wildland are going to return back to wildland. So we want to design the structure. We want to design the roads. We want to design the community uh, over that long cycle to be so resistive um, to the damaging effects of wildfire. And then I just used a word damaging or damage, and that is where risk comes in. So risk deals with the amount of damage. Hazard deals with will there be uh, an event, a catastrophic event. So if you look at things like earthquakes, are you in an earthquake zone? How strong might that earthquake be? That's going to be the hazard. The risk, and the risk mitigation is how are you going to build that house to resist uh, the shaking. Uh, for a hurricane, it's the same thing. The, the hazard is will a hurricane come over my property or near my property. The risk and the risk mitigation is do I have a strong roof? Do I have strong windows? Am I elevated out of a floodplain? We have a lot of different hazards within the state. We've got snow loads. We've got floodplains. And we have wildfire hazards. And Cal Fire, it sounds like, deals with almost all of those. We do. We do. And with with these state hazard maps, that's then going to drive how an individual homeowner um, lives within that hazard and how the community at large lives within that hazard.
2: Tony, Jason, uh, locally, how are you working you know, we've listened to how roads might be designed, how structures might be designed. How how are you helping people uh, design these kinds of uh, systems so that they can resist fire and other hazards?
3: Well, I guess I'll go first. Sure. I, I As a public information officer and a fire prevention specialist, I get out in the public a lot. So um, the events that we hold, Uh, throughout the county is where we're talking to the public and educating them on what they can do for their home-hardening defensible space along with reaching out to our local media groups and explaining why we're doing uh, vegetation management projects and prescribed burns and um, why we're um, asking you all to do your 100-foot clearance right now because it's green and it's time so my job is getting the word out there, and that's, that's what I've been doing.
2: Clear it before it becomes combustible. Absolutely. Okay. And are there events coming up that uh, the public can go to?
3: I know there, there's definitely one in May in Cambria. There's going to be a fire safety uh, event there. And then mm-hmm. um, we have another one at Costco, I believe, May 20th. Oh, that's going to go down. That'll be a good first responder day for everybody to show up to. It's a good time.
2: And, and everybody loves a fire truck in front of Costco.
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> the kids, especially. Um, Jason, what have you been involved in in tr- this kind of uh, uh, work planning locally to make sure that uh, roads and structures and other systems are are uh, hardened over the
1: next 30 or 50 year period? Yeah, so the big part of my job is collecting data so decisions can be made, okay. creating the maps. Um, Modeling the fuels and, and determining which areas are the priority areas to implement work. Have you noticed any changes locally in those areas uh, since the previous maps have been put together? Well, the previous fire hazard areas on maps were, I think, approximately 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so there's been quite, quite a lot. bit of change in there um, as far as the vegetation types. Uh, we've got a lot of areas that continue to burn every year. Pretty regularly, we know our fire risk areas where we get a lot of fire. Um, We look at our metrics of ignition points being um, vehicles, smoking, mechanical, electrical power lines, whether they be commercial or residential. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as our urban sprawl gets more into the areas that have not burned in recent history, it elevates that risk of ignition source. What
2: areas in the county are you most concerned about
1: on that score right now? Typically, our high fire ignition corridors are the the highways. Quest um, to grade uh, Highway 58, Highway 58 area, where it's pretty much from right outside of Santa Margarita out into the plains area. Mm-hmm. Uh, highway 41, Highway 46, and you know, all the major highway corridors. Where we have just a lot of traffic, uh, a lot of recreational vehicles, towing equipment, and uh, heavy equipment as far as you know the toy haulers and. And the boats and the chains and going out to the lake communities. A lot of the recreational activities getting to those points with their, their vehicles or ignition sources along the highways for us. Folks, you've
2: been listening to K News, Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're speaking with pre fire captain uh, Jason Potts and uh, specialist Tony Davis and uh, deputy chief pre fire planning. Scott Witt. We'll be back in just a minute. You, I don't
0: know where I am going to So soon I die
1: I don't need a for of wine They come running just as bad as Of every girl crazy about his shirt as me